The following program is a production of All The Way Live Entertainment. This show is sponsored by APCW Wrestling Academy. Learn wrestling from WWE Hall of Famer Robert Gibson. If you're interested in becoming a professional wrestler, contact them at 770-871-5417 or online at apcwdouglasville at gmail.com. Also, buy a collar and elbow brand. Save 10% on your next purchase by using our discount code WPNRussell. That's WPNRussell at checkout and get a discount on great collar and elbow products. You know, when we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Today on the podcast, we have a dangerous beauty, a beautiful nightmare, if you will. She's on the rise in women's wrestling on the independent scene and seemingly determined to make her mark. Uh, if you haven't seen her in your home promotion yet, you can check her out through the power of YouTube on her channel at Charlie Cruel Wrestling on YouTube. And hopefully in the future, maybe she'll uh, be included on ours. Uh, we're going to jump into her uh, life in the business her future plans in the ring and beyond. So with me tonight is the beautiful nightmare, Charlie Cruel. Hey, guys. There we go. So, Charlie. Are we good? Yeah. Hi. You know, we, we got to jump right off into it. Why on earth wrestling? I mean, you know, that that's not a, a, a normal vocation in life. Um, well, at first, um, when I was younger, I used to want to be um, a zoologist or something that had to do with animals because I do love animals. Animals are another thing that I love is animals. But um, when I was about like maybe eight years old, my brothers, um, my brothers and stepdad especially, were huge wrestling fans. So they all the time, you know, they never missed. I mean, now they're not as big as they were when they were younger, of course, but at the time, they never missed, you know, any show that had to do with WWE or wrestling or anything like that, so they used to always watch it, and I would just come in, and I would just watch it with them, not really knowing, you know, what I, it was that I was watching. Um, it was just something interesting to me, and it started from there, and my brothers used to love to wrestle. They would invite the neighborhood kids over and we would all wrestle and, you know, um, have, you know, matches or like a WrestleMania moment or whatever. And they would usually would have me like be the referee because my mom, um, they're always guys. So my mom never really wanted me to wrestle with them because she didn't want me hurt. So they would, she would just say that I could only be a referee or I could just, I could only stand and watch or be a timekeeper and something like that. And I was like, okay. And at one point, um, mom was not home. 
and none of the neighborhood kids uh, came over because it was like raining and whatever. They their parents didn't let them get out. Whatever. We're all young, so my brothers were like, "Well, we wanted this triple threat, and now we have to have a third person, but we don't have a third person." So they wanted to do this regardless, and they asked, you know, we won't tell mom, we promise, you know. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. I, I immediately jumped at that opportunity. So I was like, yes. And um, they had me be, I can't remember who they had me be. Because uh, I know my brother Trey, he likes to be Ray Mysterio. My brother Chase, mm-hmm. he likes, my brother Chase, he likes to be, um, sometimes he was Triple H, and sometimes he was, um, Jeff Hardy or The Undertaker or something like that. So I think this time I think I had me be Jeff Hardy and I ended up having a wrestling match with them or quote-unquote wrestling match. In our living room we had um, we made a square kind of like a ring but we like put pillows around. Mm-hmm. You know, we would, we would have imaginary um, referee and timekeeper and all that. And we ended up, like, breaking stuff on accident. So mom found out, and she was, you know, she was upset, but I wouldn't change it for the world because that's when I was like, I love this. I like, I love doing this. So I always, ever since then, like, I always wrestled with my brothers, and it just, it started there. I think at 11 years old um, was when I was like, I want to be a wrestler one day because I think, you know, I think that'd be a good game plan for me to go after. And it was really, it was a scary thought for uh, my family especially, especially my mom. Um, and it wasn't until AJ Lee uh, signed with the WWE and started doing her gimmicks and all of that. And that's when I was like, I really, really like this. Like, I really, I, I see the passion in your eyes, and I want the same passion that she has. So I think that's how everything just got started. So let, let's uh, recap here. Essentially, your your jump into wrestling officially was somewhat of a, hey, we need somebody else to fill in. Yep. <laughs> and then it just turned into, hey, I like this. Even though we're destroying the house and tearing up furniture and I don't know what what you actually oh, yeah. busted. It was. I think it was a lamp. <laughs> ah, the good old lamp. I can't imagine why your mother <laughs> would be upset with you for for that. But I'm yeah, assuming we, something we forced you into Ah, that you, you were part of the trampoline yeah. wrestling federation. That was yeah, our fake our fake little wrestling federation that no one ever came to watch. Yes. <laughs> only um only our parents, and that was it. But it was it was just something like that. It was just something little. We didn't know what to do. We just wrestled, and we didn't know any moves. I mean, we knew the simple, you know, pick up AA, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um. Sometimes we went outside and sometimes we do that in the living room. I think at one point mom said that we could no longer wrestle in the living room. So that was a no. Even if it was, uh, you know, rainy and stuff out, we still couldn't wrestle in the living room. So our wrestling ring was a trampoline for a a long time until it got torn down because it got old. Ah, well, well, again, uh, you know, speaking, you know, from the shoes of your, your parent, I can't imagine... Why your mother would possibly tell you, no, stop doing this inside the house? I mean, you know. Well, we did break a lot of, a lot of <laughs> stuff, so I think that could have been a huge problem. <laughs> well, you don't say. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a huge problem, especially for her. That can get a little expensive after a while. 
But I'm also assuming that, you know, that this is the uh, untrained portion of your career. Well, we're in the, oh, yeah. We, we'll call that the trampoline uh, wrestling federation years. So when it did become, all right, time to get the training, time to go pro. I started training at 19 years old, fresh out of high school. Um, I train for Grindhouse Pro Wrestling and Grindhouse Pro Wrestling at Wrestling Academy. It is located in Jeffersonville, Indiana, Jeffersonville Arena, 1416 Spring Street, Jeffersonville, Indiana. Um, I started training there the summer of 2017, and I was very, I was just very nervous. I was very shy. I didn't know, you know, I knew, like, I always wanted to do this. So, like, it was just, it was so nerve-wracking because I was, for the longest time, I think for, like, a year, I was the only girl um, at Grindhouse Pro Wrestling. So, like, a long time, for the longest time, like, all I could do was wrestle guys. And I think that's what helped me learn a lot was that I could wrestle guys and get in the ring with guys. Okay. Now... Let's talk about that that transition because clearly you were, you were motivated. You, you found that you you love doing it uh, before you officially went for uh, real life training, and you said you went to this directly out of out of uh, high school basically. Uh, yeah. So was there ever a moment of okay, I want to do this? Ooh, I don't know if I if I can. Did, did it ever cross your mind that? maybe this is out of reach or were you just so driven, so motivated that at that point, nothing was going to stop you? It was, um, it was just more motivation. Mm -hmm. Um, at first I, for the longest time I was very scared to just bump. I was scared to just bump. And, um, for the longest time I was like, Oh my God, I can't do this. There was like a lot of times where I was like, Oh my gosh, I should, I should quit. You know, I, I don't want to like I like I always want to do it, but it was just more just I think I was just scared for a long time. Mm -hmm. And finally, when I started learning how to actually bump and take bumps and take them properly. And that's where I almost kill myself um, was when I was like was pretty much when I was like, OK, I can do this. Like, I know I can do this. There's always going to be times where, like, I get down on myself and question you know, my choices and all this, but like, there's always a part of me that's always like, I'll, I'll never regret training. I'll never regret getting into wrestling and started as a fan and started, you know, doing all of this because I mean, wrestling changed my life. If, if it wasn't for wrestling, I wouldn't have met my boyfriend. I wouldn't have met a lot of people that um, I befriended and I look up to and I, you know, that has helped me so much along the way of this crazy journey. I'm just a little bit over a year of, in the wrestling business, and it's it's crazy. It's, but I, I wouldn't change it for the world. That's the great thing about it. Like, I wouldn't change it for the world. Well, that's why we have podcasts like these, to help introduce fresh new faces to the audience out there so they know who we are listening and looking out for as time goes on. Because wrestling is a very rough and bumpy road. So, you know, it's uh, it's good to meet some new people that's uh, stepping out into the business. You know, one of my big questions yeah. here, clearly you are aware of the WWE, but I also find yeah. that sometimes uh, when I interview such as this, there are people that, are, you know, were 
basically unaware that an indie scene existed. Were you uh, knowledgeable about the indies before you sought out training, or was it just WWE and then nothing else, and then all of a sudden this new world opened up for you? Crazy story. Um, I didn't know anything about the indies. I literally thought for the longest time, I thought that everyone that was in WWE literally just started out at the performance center. I didn't know there's anything called the independent wrestling scene. Ah. I had no idea, no clue. And in 2016, my friend Tony showed me a flyer that was being held in Indianapolis. And I saw um, Tommy Dreamer was on there, Angelina Love, um, the Headbangers. There were a lot of people that, um, Jimmy Hart, there was a lot of people there that I recognized from, you know, of course, from WWE or from different places like Angelina Love from TNA and all that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is really cool. And on top of that, it was also at a pop, uh, it was at a PopCon convention. So I love PopCon. I love ComicCon. I love all that crazy nerd stuff. So I was like, this is wrestling. And, you know, it was, it was a mix of wrestling and nerdy comic book stuff. Like, you can't get anything better than that, right? <laughs> so I was like, I'm definitely going. Mm-hmm. So, uh, me, my stepdad, my friend Tony, we all went together. We met up with Tony at the um, Indianapolis Convention Center where it was held at. We went to PopCon where a lot of the wrestlers were having their meet and greets. Um, Angelina Love was, Veta Scott, to- Tommy Dreamer, um, Jimmy Hart, just a lot of notable people, you know. And I remember, you know, going to... Um, just around PopCon and just enjoying it because, you know, and trying to buy stuff or at least, you know, because there's just a lot of pop figures and a lot of posters I want. I think I just ended up, like, buying a poster there of uh, Naruto, which is my favorite anime. Oh, my God. But, yeah. But, anyways, so then I ended up um, going into, it's, um, it's a wrestling promotion that's no longer around. Um, it's called Strong Style Wrestling, and, it, and they have, they usually have it in South Bend, Indiana, but they had this one in Indianapolis, thank you, thankfully, and I met people there that I actually ended up befriending and mentoring, having a mentor from them. Amazing Maria is one. She ended up being my first singles opponent ever. Um, she mentors me a lot. She's like a, like a mother to me in the wrestling business. Um, Jason Saint, who ended up actually managing me and helping me get the name of Charlie Cruel, helping me really realize who I am. So this was a huge blessing to, um, have experienced that and having to realize, oh my gosh, there's actually something called indie wrestling. Like I, I see these wrestlers and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I don't know who this person is, but they're doing really good, and they look like they're having fun, which is the best part. So I was like, okay, so I talked to Jason a little bit. Jason helped me get my foot in the door. He helped me find Grindhouse Pro Wrestling. He helped me, you know, really just discover who I was as a wrestler. And so it just really started from there, and I started going to more indie wrestling events in my area or around the area. I should say, um, WCWO wrestling is one. I actually ended up, um, being a part of strong star wrestling as a manager. Cause Jason St. Brought me in to manage a little bit with him along with amazing Maria. We managed, um, Congo Kong who we ended up turning on at that same event. So we ended up turning on Congo Kong at that same event. Shame on you. Um, 
Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love Pong. But it was just, it was a huge event. And I was finally, I started wrestling, you know, and now finally, like, um, they ended up having a show and he started reaching out to me, the promoter of Strong Star Wrestling. I was like, this would be a huge show for me to be on because this was the first ever indie event that welcomed me to independent wrestling with Strong Star Wrestling. And um, it was going to be located, I think it was going to be in May of last year and they ended up canceling the event because I, I think ticket sells or something like that. And he ended up having me on it for like a scramble match. And yeah, he ended up canceling the event like a week before the show actually started. So he's, he, and that's how strong style wrestling kind of came to a close was the promoter just started not really caring for wrestling and started, you know, canceling every show he's ever had, you know, so he just start, he he just closed down strong style wrestling, and I wouldn't mind having it be brought back, but with a different promoter because this one just I, he, I saw him care for wrestling at one point, but then he started telling kind of like falling through it. You know, he didn't really care to promote it anymore. He didn't really care to try, you know, anymore. So that was that was kind of the story of that. Well, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Well, let's backtrack a little bit here because within that, you're talking about uh, finding yourself and somebody helping you out with, uh, you know, I guess becoming Charlie Cruel. Uh, so, so give me the story. How did this persona get produced? Um, like I said, Jason Saint actually helped create um, the name of Charlie Cruel. I helped create the personality of Charlie Cruel and who she is as a character. Um, and that kind of like, he was throwing names at me and I was like, oh, I don't really like that one. I don't really like that one, you know? And then finally, like, I believe we found a perfect name. And I was like, at first I didn't, I didn't want to dig it. Cause like for a long time, I, for some reason, I didn't want to change my name. Like I just wanted um, it to be my shoot name for like ever. And I was like, he was just like, that That just doesn't, you need a name that will help sell, that people will look like, you hear that name and it just clicks and people are like, oh, I like that. You know, I want to go see that person. So I can't, so he came up with the name of Charlie Cruel and I was like, okay, I, I'm started, I was like, let's figure out this one. Let me just like kind of get used to it. And I started getting used to it. And I was like, I really actually like this name. Because it's kind of, it's different, because last name is Cruel, and with a K. Yeah. And my first name is, was Charlie, and my, my shoot name, my actual name is Carly, so he just changed it to Charlie, because, you know, Carly Charlie. Charlie is like a tomboy kind of name, so it just worked out, and that's kind of how that all came to be. Okay, now, if you were going to explain... You said you came up with the persona, so if you were going to explain who Charlie Cruel is to somebody who's never seen you in the ring, hadn't heard you cut a promo, you know, ne- never got a chance to see you do a vignette, and I know you've done some of those in your your uh, YouTube channel, and I'm going to say anybody that's listening to go check it out, uh, but if they haven't had any exposure to you whatsoever, you're trying to explain who you are, how would you lay that down? Well, I would explain first off by saying um, she is the beautiful nightmare. And that's kind of self-explanatory. It's more, I'm beautiful, but I'm a freaking nightmare. 
That's pr- she's a maniac. Like she will wear she f- wears um fake blood a lot on herself and what represents blood and that's like the blood of my enemies because I like Charlie Cool. She's a maniac. So if you had to have me explain it in one word, it'd be maniac. Um, but I do call myself the beautiful nightmare, Charlie cruel, because I don't know how actually I came up with a beautiful nightmare, but it kind of just clicked. And I was like, okay, that kind of works. The beautiful nightmare, Charlie cruel. It it has a ring to it. So I kept it. Uh, Maybe you were listening to the radio that day. What? As you say, you don't know how you came up with a beautiful nightmare. I said, maybe you were listening to the radio that day. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Like, I think I'm I'm pretty sure it's a it's a clothing brand, but I could be wrong. I'm not sure exactly how I came up with it, but it just kind of came to me, and I was like, okay, that that kind of rings a bell. I like it, so I started using it, and I started having ring announcers, you know, announce me as that. So that's kind of how that came to be. Did you think that you had a natural aptitude for wrestling coming in as a fan? Um, I feel like, I feel like literally I believe in, um, you know, you were born to do something. And I always felt like I was always born to be a wrestler. I felt like I, I can't, like, I literally, I couldn't do anything. I can't do, I wasn't good at any other sport. I wasn't good at making friends in school. I wasn't good at socializing and a lot of this. But the only thing I knew that I was good at and I wanted to do was be a wrestler. So, yes, I feel like it's something that just came to me. And I'm glad that I ever introduced myself to it. I'm glad that my brothers introduced me to it. I'm glad that I'm glad that I went to my first ever independent wrestling event. I'm glad that a lot of this started because, you know, and, you know, wrestling, you're going to make a lot of mistakes in your career. And you're going to learn from them. And, you know, it's just, it's a learning experience. Your first two years of wrestling is really just a huge learning experience. And I'm still learning myself. I've, you know, I make mistakes and I learn from them. And I just feel like wrestling has always been there. You know, if I, I was ever upset or I really just, you know, was having a down day, I would immediately turn on wrestling or, if I didn't have any wrestling recorded or wrestling wasn't on or whatever, I'd go on YouTube and I would watch wrestling stuff and it would just make me feel so much better. And of course I played the video games as well. <laughs> well, yes, I guess at that time you had to uh, live vicariously through the video game, but you don't have to do that any longer. Right. And now you get into the, you get into the ring and you actually bump around. Right, and uh, the WWE games actually has helped me a lot um, trying to actually figure out what I wanted to do because they have the create a character um, Yes, create a wrestler mode, yes. Yes, and, um, you know, I create my character, and you can go and you can give them moves, and I would, like, I would look at them and I would be like, what kind of move would be perfect for Charlie Cruel? But at the time, I wasn't Charlie Cruel, so what would be perfect for me to look like I could do? Mm -hmm. So I just, I would come up with stuff like that, and then I was like, you know, play as myself, and it was always it was always cool. So, so did you have a different persona that you uh, operated under before Charlie Cruel? I mean, outside of your actual name. Actually, no, I never had another name besides Charlie Cruel. I can't actually think of. Um, oh, okay. I used to think um, when I was younger. I used to call myself just Carly. 
Mm-hmm. And it never clicked, but like I was young, so obviously I was just going through a name, and I didn't know what name to give me on you know create a character mode, so I just I just said Carly, and then then I finally ended up getting the name of Charlie Cool. So yeah, I, I know I don't think I've ever had anything other than Charlie Cool. Well, see now that those sound like they would be diametrically opposed names, you know. Carly and Charlie Cruel, yeah. See, I can't even, I can't even envision Carly in the same model or mode as Cruel is. Right. So it's probably best that you became Charlie Cruel. But let's let's uh, dive a little deeper into your uh, wrestling fascination for a while, because you know, when I do these things, I have to do a little research, and. Uh, would you like to care to talk about your meeting with the Bellas? Apparently, oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, or is that going to ruin the the, uh, the the image of Charlie Cruel? No, no, not at all. I don't care about talking about it. I'm not. A, I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge. I was never a huge Bella Twin fan. Mm. Um, I was more of always AJ Lee and Paige, and I was never. Um, I was never for the Bellas. But when I met them. Um, my ex-boyfriend, he found um, that they were coming to Indianapolis, and I was I was um, I was 17 when I met them. Okay. So this was literally a year before I welcomed myself to independent wrestling. So this was the um, February of 2015, mm-hmm. and I ended up, um, you know, he showed me the website, and I was like, "Mom, I need to get there." You know, it was like. It was uh, 250 or 280 something like that, dollars to get meet them. But we weren't just meeting them. We were, like, VIP meeting them. Yes. Cause I was, and my mom was like, okay, we can VIP meet them. That's fine. So we ended up getting the VIP, uh, you know, one. Okay. And um, we were literally, like, maybe fourth in line to meet them in the VIP section part. And um, we ended up going in and... Just remind you, this is Carly talking, so this is not Carly Cruel. I Carly Cruel not care. Okay. Charlie Cruel would not care about meeting the Bella Twins, but Carly, Carly had a thing for meeting the Bella Twins. So okay, it was at Comic Con. Um, that's actually where I like got got like my love for comics and stuff was actually my first ever Comic Con in 2015. I was like, this is crazy cool. I love it. So I went and I met the Bellas, and I went in, and they immediately they looked at me. They said. Uh, twin hug or something like that. They just yelled out of their lungs like twin hug or something like that or twin sandwich. I can't remember what they said. And they hugged me and it was so cool because I was I'm like five foot three and Dicky, Bella and Bree, they both are they're taller than me. Mm-hmm. So like my my like head went yeah. right into Nikki's boobs. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my god, that's crazy. But I end up, you know, that she she at the time she held the Divas title, so she let me hold the Divas title, and I was like looking at it, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is so cool! Like I'm holding the actual Divas title, like this was held by AJ, my idol, and you know, it was that was pretty much when she had me hold the title. That was literally all I was thinking. Like I didn't care that she held it at the time. I was just like, oh my god, AJ Lee held this title, like that's who held this title. I'm holding the title that AJ Lee held. So like that was pretty much what was going through my mind. They were really cool girls. They, um, they I went to their um, signing next. I thanked them for, you know, doing um, coming here and you know all of this and wrestling of course because they're wrestlers and 
at the time I didn't know how hard it was to be a wrestler, but I knew it wasn't easy. And now that I'm in it, now I'm like, this really isn't freaking easy. But at the time, I didn't know if it was hard or whatever. But I still told them, like, thank you for, you know, being a wrestler and entertaining us. And they were like, oh, thank you for being a fan, blah, blah, blah. And in their Q&A, um, I was literally um, one of the last people to ask them a question before they had to leave. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, I, like, I wanted to go in line. I just asked them a quick question. So I went in line, and I got up there, and I had no idea what to say. I literally, like, I was, I was going up there like mindless like I didn't even know what to ask them what to say anything like that so I literally went up there and I was like hi Nikki hi Brie happy Valentine's Day blah blah blah. and then they're like oh happy Valentine's Day and I was like my question is for Nikki um can you rack attack me (laughs) so obviously my first question I ever asked a wrestler ever was can you rack attack me and they laughed, and she said, no, I don't think I can do that. And Bree was like, oh, my gosh, it hurts. You wouldn't want to take it. And now thinking back, I'm like, this is really hurt. Like, I'm sure it sure does give you, like, a toll on it. But, like, now I'm, like, that I'm a wrestler. I want to, like, meet them again and just be like, Nikki, can you rack attack me now? Because, like, I was this girl that asked you, can you rack attack me? And you said no, but now I'm a wrestler, so now you can. So now you can. So I'm like, eh. It was it was a really fun experience, and that's pretty much my experience of meeting uh, Nikki and Grey the Bellas. So it was a, it was a fun experience. Is that new new respect for them? I'm sure. Yeah, I, like I said, like I'm not really a Bella fan, um, but I definitely. Oh well, yeah, I, I understand. You may not like them. Uh, that's a, well, no, let me let me not say like. Not not necessarily as big of a fan, but. Of course, now you having gotten to the ring, seeing, you know, actually feeling what they go through on a day-to-day basis, meeting them, you know, there, there has to be a certain amount of respect there, yes? Yeah, there's definitely mutual respect, um, especially since I'm a wrestler now, now I feel like, like I know how hard it is. And at the time, I didn't care for them. Um, I just... I, I knew I wasn't going to miss up the opportunity to meet the Bellas regardless because I was like, you know, I it's huge opportunity. I don't want to miss it. And I would, I would regret missing it. So I definitely went for it. But like like I said, never was a huge Bella fan. But I have I have a lot of – I have a lot of respect for them. So I have a lot of respect for anyone that actually does what we do. Mm-hmm. Past, present, right. Okay. Now – that that may be a little bit open open ended. Uh, now that you say that, I'm, I'm going to veer off of my normal stint of questions here because uh, having done this a, a number of times and interviewed and and uh, covered a lot of shows and and wrestlers, I have found that there are some who have quite openly admitted that they are untrained. Got into the ring, yeah. and it is. For all intents and purposes, it's not a pretty sight. So <laughs> I'm gonna, and I know you're fresh into it, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna present a scenario here because I, I want to hear your opinion of it. Now that you, now that you train, and I assume you're continuing to train, you're, you're wrestling people that that have more experience than you, so you're learning that way also. But when you are in a ring, hypothetically speaking, and you're getting in there with somebody who 
you basically know has no training. All right. How do you, how do you even handle that? Because on the one hand, do you cancel out the match and say, look, I'm not wrestling this person. They don't know what they're, what they're doing. But on the other, you can get in there, and I've seen some people do this, where they have carried this match miraculously to something that symbolizes something good, but now you make that person look better, and then they go on to get another gig because of, of your work. So so it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. What what do you do in that in that scenario? It has actually happened uh, once with me a few times, actually. Um, really? Okay. First time I was ever actually, you know, first time I was ever in the ring. Um, before my singles debut, I had a match in December at a show that had, um, who did it have? Well, you you don't have say. to use names if you don't want to. It's fine. Right. I, I'm not going to say names. Okay. Um, but I went against... I was in a six-person tag with me and two other guys and uh, against two other guys and another girl. Well, the girl was not uh, trained at all, and it was my first ever match, actual match, mm-hmm. and I was in it, and she was confused the entire time. The match was terrible. It was horrible. I was so glad that it was over. I, I was especially really really new I, would, I didn't even have my official debut yet like that was just the taste of it and I was like uh, this is gonna be bad and she just and she ended up being like why did you put me in there with this newbie you know mm-hmm. and I, in my head I'm like at least I've trained you know like no shade no shade just tea but <laughs> like no I was just like you know I'm, I'm trained though like I'm trained, you're not, but, you know, whatever. They, I mean, they gave me this opportunity, and I went for it. Kind of stupid me to go for it, because I was like, oh, I don't even know. Like, I wasn't ready. And I went for it, and I was like, oh, well, okay, this happened. Um, there has been times where I went against a girl that she has trained before, but she hasn't trained in forever, and she's been in for years, and she only wrestles maybe six times a year, maybe not even that. Like, it's something like that, and um. It was bad. It was bad, too. Like, um, if I ever get asked to go against somebody and it's somebody that's not really trained or not really whatever, um, I now I think I'm just going to be like, I'm not comfortable with, you know, working and putting my body with somebody who's um, not trained because, you know, you're in the ring to protect each other. And if you're not trained to, you know, do this stuff and know how to protect somebody, know how to protect yourself, it can really it can ruin somebody's career completely it can it really mess up somebody so yeah that's my opinion on that okay and and career is putting it lightly i mean you can mess up somebody's life and livelihood and uh, again there's two that come to the top of my head right now i will not mention their names for anybody that's out there listening uh I asked one of them to come onto the show to, to explain herself because she did get called out on social media. I won't go into that, but, uh, but she did not uh, did not accept that offer. Uh, stepped down for a little while and and returned. Uh, that might be a clue to some people, but in in either case, I have yet to have seen a match where there hasn't been some form of botch, and I'm I do concern that 
it will get bad one day if she doesn't go somewhere and, and get this thing done right. Uh, needless, needless to say, as, as you were in, in your case, um, you said that the girl said, why did they put you in, why did they put her in there with you? I can only imagine that she was used to being in there with, with people that could carry her and make her look good without, you know, any effort, which again, you know, doesn't do her any favors either. Right, I feel that. Uh, but that's not a here nor there. So we had to sidetrack there for a second. So anyway, back to the the world of Charlie Cruel. Because the, that's what we're here to talk about. I'm going to assume that you prefer working heel opposed to babyface. Yeah, um, I will. I will work whatever the promoter needs me to work. But if I had to choose, I would choose it, uh, being heel because it is more of my strong suit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of my, it's fun being healed, but it's so much easier for me to be healed because I have that side of me. Like there's some people that say like, I'd rather be a baby face. or some people I say like, I want to be a heel. And it's just, this depends on strong suits. Like my boyfriend, he's a wrestler. Um, he goes by the name of Akira. He prefers to be a baby face over being a heel because that's his character, you know? And I prefer being a heel over a babyface. But if, like, a promoter wants you to be a babyface against one of their heels, I'm okay with that, too. Like, I'm not going to, you know, I wouldn't be upset about that. Um, but I, if I had to choose, I would prefer being a heel over baby. Okay. I mean, you know, just just judging off the name or the look alone, I, you know, that that's the first thing I'm thinking. I'm thinking heel. But, you know, I've also seen you uh, operate babyface, so... Clearly, you're able to do it. Right, right. It is my strong suit. And I also noticed that you do not seem to be intimidated by being in front of a camera, cutting promos, doing vignettes or interviews. Uh, I also assume that you produced your own on a couple of different occasions. Once in a while, because when I post something on YouTube, sometimes it's either, usually it's either between a match of mine or it's a promo that I cut. And yes, promos are actually my, uh, one of the biggest strong suits I have in wrestling. Um, I took a lot of acting classes as, um, um, in school, I did a lot of acting. I did a lot of Shakespeare, a lot of Shakespeare plays. I was always the main role. Acting is just another another love that I have. Like, if I wasn't a wrestler, I'd probably go try to be on Broadway or something because acting is a huge part of me. And a lot of times people are like, this is what we want you to say, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but, you know, when I'm out there, I, I'll say the main point of what you want me to say, but I usually talk with whatever my mind has me saying, you know? Like, yeah. I, if I'm back there, you give me a mic, I'll take the mic, whatever. I'm going to cut the promo that I feel currently, you know? There's yeah. a time where I went up and I just ripped people apart. There's times where I'm just, like, emotional and I'm just thanking everybody. That's usually, you know, babyface me. But as a heel, I just rip people to shreds. Like, I, I literally have no... I have no care in the world with um have doing promos. I'm usually just, like... I, I say just whatever comes to my mind. And that's... that's um. The good and the bad thing, because it can get me in trouble a lot, but it's good with promos. It's good with promos, because then I can be like, well, at least I'm good with promos. 
Well, yeah, I, I did look at that. He looked very comfortable doing it. Uh, again, I've seen some people who uh, not not quite as smooth as you are. Now, there, there have been some that <laughs> literally just kind of frozen in front of the camera. So that that is good that you are able to get past that without any problem. So considering the videos that you have, I have to ask about this one because I found it entertaining. Tell me about this video where you run around looking for a partner. Oh, that video. Um, that was for Bet on the Border. It was a. Um, it was more of just like Shauna Reed was trying to find a partner, and I was trying to find a partner. We were told this by Denim Blevins. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. But we just call him Denim. He is the promoter of Bet on the Border in West Harrison, Ohio. He wanted us to find a mystery uh, partner. And if you don't know me, I'm not very a likable person. So it was harder for me than I'm sure it was with Little Miss Lovable Shauna Reed to find a partner. So I was, um, I just took up the opportunity and I was like, let me just go and try to find a partner. And it went well because I didn't try, I didn't, I couldn't find a partner literally until the day of. Last minute, I found a partner, and I was like, you're coming out with me. You don't need anything. Let's just go. Kind of thing. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, that that was one part of the video. Just Everybody just turning you down. Like, no. I know, right? <laughs> so, so, I said, she must have been just a horrible person to these people. Terrible. Exactly. Well, and, and, and you know, let, let's not overlook the fact that you just barged in on the guy uh, while he was trying to do his business in the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, you know, that, that that's not too nice, Charlie. Not too nice. I mean, if that doesn't show how desperate I was to find a partner, then I don't know what does. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, you couldn't even wait for him to finish finish and then ask. He, he just, like, still, he said, go get out of here. You still ask, well, you people partner? Come on now. Like, come on. Let the man finish. <laughs> ask him when to come out. Oh. Uh, that's the thing, like, I didn't want, like, I had him, everyone was just, you know, ignoring me, and they were just walking by me, and I was like, okay, this guy, he can't go anywhere, like, I'll just, I'll just open the door and I'll ask him, you know? The worst thing he could say is no, right? Well, you know, so that's, I don't, that, that like, I don't wait for people. Like, if I see the opportunity to do something, I'm just, I'm just going to do it. Ah, well, we, we've learned another aspect of Charlie Cruz's personality just in watching that video, that's for certain. Uh, I have seen a ph- photograph of you standing in a steel cage. Now, did you actually participate in the steel cage match, or were you just photographed in the cage? Um, what like def- describe the photo? What did it look like? Well, it just um, looked like a uh, you kind of I, I don't want to say kind of peering out towards the crowd. Uh, near the cage where I didn't see any other persons in it so it's I can't say whether it was in the middle of a match or, or anything like I, that I think what did I have like what was I wearing was it my gear uh, I do believe you were in your gear okay because I know there was one time I was in still cage but it wasn't me in the match it was a uh, like like I told you before it was strong star wrestling mm-hmm. it was me managing with Jason Stane and Maria with Congo Kong versus Shane Mercer. And that was, that was one time I was in a cage, but there was one other time I actually wrestled in a cage. Um, wasn't a good show. Um, my opponent ended up not coming. So they gave me a, 
uh, un- speaking of untrained people, oh. they gave me an untrained guy to wrestle hmm. for a women's title. And it was they literally, it was literally like a two minute match. It wasn't even that like <laughs> Yeah. Let's back this up a little bit. You get not only did you get an untrained guy, but you got an untrained guy for the women's title. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, that's yeah. Uh, I literally, I literally um relinquished the title. I think a few weeks after I won it. Because <laughs> oh. let me tell you, if Tommy Dreamer was there, Sandman was there, and Shane Douglas was there, and all three said they don't want to come back to Indianapolis, Indiana. Because of that said, then that tells you something. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure we can leave that just hanging like that. <laughs> like that. So, so oh, what, what was what was the problem here? Tommy Dreamer, the Sandman, and Shane Douglas all unanimously said they didn't want to come back. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the entire part of Indianapolis was <laughs> surprised not all of Indiana. Um, no, it was just, it was a really bad show. It was, uh, the entire show was in a steel cage and that was pretty much it. Like, um, the untrained guy, I don't even know his name. Um, he pretty much said like, I told him my stuff, you know, I was going to give him my kicks. I was going to give him the huge kicks and I was going to go into the finish or whatever. He said, am I going to kick out of the kick? And I told him. There's no kicking out. You're not kicking out. There's one pin, so there's just that. Like, there's one pin, you're not kicking out, that's it. So I told him straight up, like, that was, this is it. The finish is this. Just bump, and you'll be fine. And that was it. And I won, and after a few weeks later, I was like, like I, one thing, I couldn't even keep up with their schedule. They wanted me for days that I wasn't available. You know, they wanted me... um and then they got mad at me when they when I was on those when I was already booked on those days. So I was just like, I can't do this with you guys. You know, I'm sorry. I don't want to be a ghost champion. I don't want to be a champion that's like, you know, not there to defend my title. And another thing is like, they put me on a flyer for December because like my December uh, schedule last year was a few months ago. Obviously, um, literally, I think. Every single Saturday and every single weekend of December, I was booked somewhere. And they had this whole thing where every single Saturday they had a show. Mm -hmm. So I was booked on every single Saturday of that show. And I couldn't come and, you know, defend my title or wrestle and do anything like that. And um, he ended up saying, like, he ended up putting me on the flyer for all of it anyways. So I've had fans that were upset that I couldn't be there. And I said, well, I wasn't supposed to be there to begin with and i'm sorry that you know you guys thought i was going to be there and i'm sorry i couldn't be there but i i told them i wasn't going to be able to be there anyways regardless so that was that all right well i don't know if we will uh, categorize that under shady promoters and shady promotions but i guess that's the only real way that we can kind of stick that so yeah uh, sorry to hear that and it seems to be a running theme, as uh, I think the last interview, we, I just went through this same conversation with uh, Casey Dillon. Shout out to her, by the way. Uh, so, yeah, apparently this is uh, something that you have to kind of navigate through when uh, dealing on the independent circuit. Yep, I would say that to anybody who is um, wanting to get in the indies and indie wrestling is just watch out for promoters. Uh, 
who will do that and who are shady and uh, aren't professional or any of this. You know, I'm not going to say names about anybody. Um, but, yeah, just watch out for stuff like that because I definitely learned and I definitely was like, I, I can't do this. So I just relinquished my title. Let's talk about a show that was good and that you were on with some with some reasonable people like Berwyn Championship Wrestling. Did did you oh, yeah. perform that show in in October? I did. Was yeah, that October? was my first time okay, yeah. with the show. Okay, yeah, I, I was trying to remember the date because I uh, I uh, talked with the promoter and and because uh, I believe that was one of one of if not their first all female show that they put together uh and they had several people that were supposed to be from my region which is uh out of the side of atlanta georgia coming up to chicago and and uh berwin i i guess i'd say to be more specific uh, to participate in the, in the show now if i'm not mistaken were, were you pulled in as a replacement during that that show I was. Um, I was hit up by Ronnie Nicole, Big Bang Nicole. Shout out to her. Um, and they had one girl canceled, so I was lucky enough to get that opportunity. And it was a really fun show. It was a really good time. The promoter liked me. The pro- promoter brought me back actually just last month for a Valentine's show. And I wrestled Elena Black on that show. It was all really good. It was a really good show, and I'm, I love Berwyn, so I, I want to go back. See? Opportunity, you never know when and how it's going to knock. Yeah. Now, who did you take on in, in the uh, your first time out? I, like, I had the results, but I, I can't, like I said, I, I can't remember it off the top of my head right now. Oh, who did I, I it was a, it was a six person, no, wait, it was an eight person, it was eight women tag match, elimination tag match. Oh, okay, um, it all was right, me, Yes. Um, I, 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 rem- oh, I remember now. <laughs> okay, I, I forget the young lady that, that stepped out, but yeah, I remember now. There we go. Was, uh, ah, was it Paloma? That was the, the, the team captain? For the other team, yes. Oh, okay, you were on her side? All right. And I was on the opposite side. You were on the heel side, I'm assuming. I was on the baby face side. What? You a baby face? Yeah, I was a baby face there. Okay, well, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna act totally surprised that you're a baby face. You said you could do both equally as well, so we'll 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 leave it at that. But uh, but right, the, it was a fun show. But the moral of the story there, for all you wrestlers out there that's trying to get in, opportunity, be prepared. Oh yeah. So, if someone hasn't seen you work. And you're introducing yourself to them. What match of yours are you going to pull out and say, hey, go watch this? I have a few. Um, my match versus Samantha Heights. My match versus Freddie Hudson. My match versus Double D Rose. Demencia D. Rose. Um, my match versus Randy West. My match versus Ronnie Nicole. Um, my match versus Jenna Van Muscles. There's a lot of matches. Um Okay. But yeah, shout out to all those people. Um, yes, Double D Rose. I love Double D Rose. Yeah, I do. I do love her. Just try not to hit or, you know, don't take shots at her rear end, otherwise you might hurt yourself. I learned that, actually. <laughs> Everybody learns that the hard way. 
Oh, yeah. You know? And I've, I've been covering her since before she was offering up the Buns of Steel Challenge. But in recent years, it seemingly has become indestructible. So if you are a wrestler and you get in the ring with her, it's probably not the best thing for you to take a punch at it or kick it or a headbutt or anything like that because it doesn't seem to work. So, and apparently, yeah, I tried that. What did, what did you try, Charlie? What did you do? I tried kicking her butt, and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> did you spring your foot or something along those lines? Did it um, hurt your ankle? Like or, it or, no? Oh, it hurt, it hurt a lot. So definitely I think that was the reason why I lost that match. It's like my foot hurt so much because of her ass. Wow. Well, as long, well uh, did you take damnesia? I, 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 I want to say I, I think I saw that, but I don't recall. Did, did, did you get caught with damnesia? Because it's one thing for you to attack it, but it's another thing for it to attack you. Um, What happened was actually um, my opponent couldn't be there mm. at last minute. So we kind of had her thrown in to the mix. Okay. Yeah. Well, and that's how that happened. But I had a really good match with her. I like I like working with her. I want to work with her again. Well, you know what? You should probably make a trip down to Georgia so you can take her on. That's, exactly. I think that's I think that's a goal of mine now. Well, there we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna mark that on the calendar and see if we can get that thing booked. Uh most dangerous match have you have you been in any stipulation matches so far or, or has it just been pretty you know one-on-one straight and nothing too crazy um i did have a street fight okay. my first ever street fight at a girl fight show in indianapolis ah and how did how did we fare in the street fight how did we what how did how did we fare in it did you do okay did Oh yeah, it was a fun match. Um, I I ended up uh, winning and getting the W, so that was awesome. Um, winning my first street fight. After that, I was like, I want to do more. Like, I want to do more street fights. At one point, I knew like it was time for us to take the match home, and I was like, but why? Like, I'm having fun, man. Like, why do we have to do this now? No, it was, it was a good time. Because you got other. The next match got to get in there. <laughs> can't you can't monopolize the whole night. I know you were having right. fun. Uh, well, uh, short-term goals. What, what do you intend on accomplishing in 2019? Accomplishing in 2019. Oh my gosh! Um, more places, more uh, wrestling matches, more experience, more getting better. Uh, working with some people I really want to work with. Wrestling with some people I really want to wrestle. You know, just. Promotions I want to work, you know work for. There's a lot. Just uh, improvement, getting better. A lot of that. Okay. Uh, with with the current wrestling landscape, this is a hypothetical question, by the way. In the current wrestling landscape, if if you did not go to the WWE, do you think you could be satisfied? I would be because there are a lot of. Um, promotions out there other than WWE that I really want to um, sign a contract with. Like, obviously, there is now AEW. AEW is huge mm. right now. I mean, they, I don't even know if they have their first show, and it's already a huge deal. So yeah. there's that. There's um, Ring of Honor, you know, Women of Honor. There's TNA. There's a lot of promotions out there that are worth, you know, let's say I don't get in WWE, but I could say I could try for those companies as well. Yes. You know? 
and you can still earn a living, which which is fantastic and amazing, really, because I know for, gosh, well, the, the last decade, if you, it was almost like if you didn't go to WWE, you was just out of luck. Yeah, it's not really like that now. Um, I actually, I still have in the back of my mind, like, man, I really want to get to WWE. That's my goal. I mean, that's my dream. But if there was the possibility I never got to, there are still other places I could go or try to go to. And that is fantastic. Fantasy booking. Charlie, we have reached the time of the interview where we get to random questions. You know what that is? What would that be? It is the time where I just ask you a bunch of stuff that aren't necessarily wrestling related. And we see what your answers are going to be. Because we like to keep this nice and light and fun. Right. So, so are you ready, Miss Cruel? I am ready. Throw them at me. What is the greatest anime of all time and why is it Ninja Scroll? Why is it what? Ninja Scroll. Ninja Scroll, um, I like ninjas. That's why I'm a huge fan of Naruto. Uh, Naruto is definitely my favorite anime. It is my favorite anime of all time. It literally it inspires me. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking at a poster that I have of it right now. The one that I said I bought at PopCon or Comic Con or whichever one I bought it at. Um, Naruto is definitely the number one and my favorite anime ever. It is my favorite. Why is the DC Cinematic Universe so bad? Oh, you did not just say that. Um. <laughs> yes. Now, look. Now, let, let me clarify. Now, I don't personally have a problem with the with the movies individually, but as a cinematic universe, it's just not connected. It, it ain't it ain't weaving the right way, and they, they keep have, it's like two steps forward, five steps back. So, why? Mm-hmm. Why is it so so bad? I understand. Like, I, I understand everyone's got their opinion, but DC is my favorite. DC Comics, mainly because it has Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. And Harley Quinn's my favorite. It has the Joker. Joker's my favorite, one of my favorites. It has Batman. You know, so they mainly those ones and others. Um, that's why I love DC. I love DC Comics. Well, well now, now, notice I didn't, mention, I didn't mention the comics now. And I... Now, two things I, I will never take away from DC. I, I won't take away the comics. The comics have been written pretty good overall. I will not take away the DC animated movies. The DC animated movies are fantastic. I love those. I still got to watch Reign of Superman, by the way. That was the last one that I just purchased. Constantine was pretty good. Uh, not necessarily for kids. If uh, if you have any kids out there listening, Constantine, that would be for adults. So, so I just want to make sure I put that out there before I continue. Now, go ahead. I actually like the live-action movies. Um, I know a lot of people have their uh, certain opinions, but Suicide Squad is a, a really good movie to me. I, it's funny. It's mm. different. Um, it's the whole, you know, bad guys going good thing. And it's, it's, it's a really good movie to me. And I know a lot of people have their opinions, but to me, I, I love Suicide Squad. So that's, I mean, there's a lot of live movies live-action movies um, to DC that I, I love and I enjoy. Okay. That's fair enough. Does it bother you that Will Smith won't be back for the new one? Uh, this is actually the first time I'm hearing this. Um, really? Yes, it does bother me. He, <laughs> is, uh, he was amazing in Suicide Squad, and I'm I'm surprised that there he's, there he's not coming back. So. Idris Alba will be taking the spot. 
Who? Idris Alba. Oh, okay. Well, Will Smith was always the better one, so let's see how that guy does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who is the originator of the song Beautiful Nightmare? Um, there's a song called Beautiful Nightmare. <laughs> yes, it is. See, I gave you the hint I of that earlier. I think I've heard that. I think people have said I need to use that as a theme song, and I listened to it, and I was like, eh, not really. It, it may not work for you in that regard, but that but is the name of the song. But but seeing I that you didn't know who it is, I, I would just tell you it is Beyonce. Beyonce. Oh, that makes sense. I love B. I love Beyonce. Beyonce. Beautiful Nightmare, 2008 is when that was uh, released. Actually, I think it was a different song because now I'm looking it up because I don't think I've ever heard the one by Beyonce. Well, you have to look that one up. It's called Sweet Dreams, right? Ah, you know what? Don't quote me on that. I, I, I thought... I thought it was Beautiful Nightmare, but if you look, Google Beautiful Nightmare and Beyonce and see what comes up. I would do that. Uh, you're a DC girl. Batman Brave and the Bold, the animated series. Did you ever watch it? I did not, actually. Oh, that's a good cartoon. Uh See, now you can't answer that. Cruel the Eternal. This is the first thing I thought when I saw your name initially. But uh, but, um, no. but you have no idea who Cruel the Eternal is. No, I don't. It's a caveman who uh, was affected by a meter, right? And he became eternal. Hence the name. There's still things I need to like look about DC that I need to learn, apparently. I, I should send you that episode. You should. You should, actually. Because uh, Brave and the Bold was built around the concept of Batman having a guest star with him every episode. This this uh, particular guest star was Booster Gold, and they took on, collectively, Cruel the Eternal. Which that I found, is awesome. Find to be one of my uh, you know more entertaining episodes. I thought it was nice and funny. Uh I don't know if I should go into what is cruel and unusual punishment because the definition of that is pretty uh, uh, vague, so we'll skip that one. But we'll do this. What is a match stipulation that is too cruel, even for Charlie? Well, that's kind of weird. Nothing's too cruel for me, so I can't really answer that one. <laughs> no, I, there, there is no match stipulation. Was like, okay, yeah, that's a little bit too far. Okay, well, I guess if you're thinking uh, brawn panties, stuff like that, like, that's too far. I wouldn't do that. I would not uh, I would say no to that. Okay, well, that's just perverse. I don't know if that's cruel, but... <laughs> so, so barbed wire, that that's perfectly fine, and, and uh, light tubes and stuff like that, you know. Because, you, know, you know, there are some bookers out there that will have some just ridiculously outlandish hardcore matches if, if they had the opportunity but apparently those things don't don't uh, affect you so we, we will we will move on and go into the final phase of this and that would be fantasy booking fantasy booking 
And you know what fantasy booking is, Charlie. It is the point because I believe that every wrestler has one storyline and or angle that they have locked away in their head that they can break out to a promoter anytime and say, okay, look here, this is what I want to do and this is how I want to do it. So, Charlie, give me your fantasy booking. Me? Uh, like, with myself? Uh, with, with yourself, with an opponent, the only stipulation with the opponent is that they have to actually be alive. I know some people like, well, I want to wrestle, you know, Andre the Giant. No, he didn't qualify. He's dead. Uh, they have to be alive. They have to be somebody that you can actually, you know, potentially get in the ring with right now, meaning they're on the independent circuit. Um, does it have to be the independent circuit? Uh, no, no. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll give you a pass on that one. Okay, um, Mia Yim is one, okay. is number one. I actually uh, met her, I did a seminar of hers back in New Jersey last year. And I knew, like, I was like, I really want to have a match with her one day. I talked to her about it. Um, and then she ended up getting tied to WWE, and I was like, okay. But that makes me want to get there even more, because I'm like, I still want my match with Mia Yim. It's going to happen one day, I know it is. Okay. Did you have some sort of storyline built around this idea for you and Mia? I don't actually know. I never came up with like a stipulation storyline or anything like that. It was just more of just like, I want to get in the ring with her and uh, wrestle kind of thing. Ah, okay. Well, you know, I, see, as creative as you are, I just assumed that you, you probably had like a, a three-month storyline, a story arc and ready, all that stuff ready to go. Right. But then again, you know, you, you have time, so you, you may produce one as uh, the years go by. Hopefully it won't take you years to get there, though. Right. Well, the, well then me, I guess me again would qualify as the, the fantasy booking for you, and, and there we have it. Maybe perhaps one of these days when you uh, show up on NXT, you too can wrestle me again. That would be awesome. I would love that. Well, you know, there's always the, I don't I don't want to call it the jobber role. Let's not say that. That didn't sound good. Uh, when NXT comes to town and they look for local talent to step in the ring with their stars, let's say that. You can always do that, but I'm not sure. that I don't think that's exactly what you're looking for. I know you want a little bit more competitive match than just to be the one to take the, the slams and the blows and all that stuff to make her look good. Right. So perhaps once Charlie Cruel has elevated her name on the independent circuit and she's gone across the, uh, the, the the country from coast to coast and built built up who you are and the WWE comes knocking at your door, then you can be uh, introduced as a surprise opponent for the then NXT Women's Champion Mia Yim. I'm giving her predictions right now. At an NXT TakeOver, and there you have your big, big match and your big, big moment. That would be awesome. <laughs> I, I, I know it would be. That would be a that'd be a moment in time for you. And if it does happen, I'll always be able to look back at this show and say, I called it. Mm-hmm. Well, there we are, Charlie. 
I think we have gone through the entirety of this interview, and you have done fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Would you like to share your social media for uh, your fans and uh, people to follow you and for promoters to contact you if necessary? I'm just, I'm under Charlie Cruel on everything. Um, my email is charliecruel at yahoo.com. So yeah, if you, if you just look up Charlie Cruel on like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anything, it should pop up. Cruel with a K. Okay, Charlie Cruel with a K. And please, for those that's out there listening, leave her email as a business uh, outlet. So that would be for promoters. Please, we'll, we'll ask for that. Yeah, and, please. <laughs> And as for the Women's Processing Network, you can always catch Women's Processing Network on Facebook and YouTube. Spell it all out. And anything else, just WPN Wrestling. And uh, if you are catching this podcast on its various platforms, anywhere where you listen to platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and so on and so forth, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe. Of course, this also comes down on YouTube. You've got plenty of places everywhere that you can listen to podcasts. There's no reason for you not to be able to follow these things along and if you want to get the nexus for everything that we do go to the wpn website that's wpnwrestling.com it's the centerpiece for everything that we do and i think that is where i will call this thing a night so for myself for charlie cruel this is mr green saying that this is mr green saying i will see you on the next go round Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.